Welcome to Design Diary, the podcast where you get to look inside my board game design notebook as well as what's going on inside my head. We look at a new word each day from the sense of mechanics, tone, theme, or inspiration for a full game. Today's word is... Invigilate. To keep watch, especially. To supervise students at an examination. Supervise or monitor. And today is a very special day, and going forward, every Wednesday is going to be a very special day, because it's not just me here, and it's not a guest here, it is a co-host, and it's Rob Kramer. Hi there, I'm Rob, <laughs> and I'm very happy to be here with Jason, Yes, and uh, I'm excited to make Wednesdays really, really special. I'm excited too, because on the weekends, sometimes I can bounce ideas off other people, but sometimes... It's really them. It's their design. And when you've been on here, I've sort of bounced ideas, and that's kind of how this whole thing evolved. So it'll be good to have multiple approaches to the same topic and, uh, you know, just to see what comes of it. Exactly. I don't want to design in a vacuum, so it's always great to have someone to bounce ideas off. Oh, well, today's word was vacuum, so. (laughs) Oh, gosh. (laughs) Um, All right, so you want to go ahead? You want to start? Yeah, I mean, I had... My job deals a lot with uh, test taking. Oh and wow! So this, Convenient. <laughs> so it, uh, yeah, it it uh, melded with a lot of a lot of the things that I deal with on a daily basis, um, especially supervising students at an examination. Probably one of the most boring things ever. You're not even taking the test. You're looking at people taking the test, which <laughs> sounds super super boring. How long um, are your tests? Um. The the main test that we do for food managers, uh, for people who do food safety at restaurants and stuff, the tests take about they're each student is given about two hours oh, to take man. a test. And so proctors yeah. could be there just all day. Wow. Um but luckily the game that I kind of got into is much shorter and much quicker than a <laughs> two hour test. Um and it's a trivia game, which I had no interest in designing at all. Uh, if there was a type of game that I never thought that I would even delve into, it would be trivia because trivia has problems. It has um, focuses that can be either too specific or too general. The questions have to be easy or hard. Um, and if you do topical subjects they age incredibly quickly yes they do. um and the so, replayability is hard too oh it's it's basically impossible um wits and wagers i think would probably be my, my top one but i can't think of a number two i can um, it's but, um, america have you ever heard of it <laughs> oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah it, so like america and uh flora is no fauna i yeah yeah i think you're right the one with with uh, animals and and that's that stuff is good because it doesn't change. That is a lot more steady than uh, who the best winner, <laughs> best picture winner in 1996 was. Um, exactly, that might be lost to time. But um, so I was I was thinking about specifically about the relationship between a student and a teacher, who is usually the one that proctors tests and makes sure that people aren't cheating. Um, but what happens when that teacher goes to the bathroom? or has to leave, or um, leave students unattended for a certain number of time. Um, obviously, most tests you take, there isn't a answer sheet on the, on the desk of a teacher or anything like that. But in my game, um, 
everyone would get like a few questions to answer. No, no more than 10. Something that you could just pop off the answers. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 10. Something really quick. Um, but one person each round is a proctor who leaves or closes their eyes or um, that kind of stuff. Um, probably close their eyes so that they can hear people moving because everyone else has a role. Um, they are a teacher. Uh, they are a student, uh, a teacher's pet, a cheater, um, and they can turn over the card. The cheaters can turn over the card and look at all the answers. They have all the answers to the game. Um, and they can answer however they want. When the proctor comes back, they have to decide who cheated and who did not. And so um, they have to decide whether people actually knew the answer or they knew it from the back of the card. Um, that's kind of where I'm, I'm going with it so far. So I mine actually is, is, is very similar but not as specific. Um, so I had the idea of a proctor and one player's a proctor and the other players are, you know, test takers, which I was trying to abstract into some other theme. And I started thinking of like, what are other themes where one person's in like making sure everybody else is following along. So I thought maybe like a, like a guard in a jail, um, somebody, people are voting in an election, which the topical thing I mentioned to you earlier that I have something very topical, even though we're airing a week after this was that I just was mm -hmm. reading an article about Russian elections and uh, they have photos of people that voting. In, yeah, they were, there's photos of people voting in various, in different, uh, in different mm -hmm. uh, places and they're wearing the same clothes. They didn't even like, like change their shirt or anything like that. So <laughs> that's a, that's a possible theme, but I tried to, tried to abstract it, but forgetting the theme all aside, it was basically the one person is the proctor, and while they are like moving around, and you know they might have their eyes closed, like you said. I also said they might have their ears covered if they're in conversation, so they have multiple senses that could be blocked or whatever. But the idea was not that there was a cheater and and you know somebody else. It was that players are trying to make deals behind the other player the, behind the proctor's back, and what happens is you're trying to maybe sway one player your way to make a deal because the game can have multiple winners. So the two of us are, are in cahoots while that person's back is to us. Another person might try to get in on the deal or might try to kind of blow it by, by, you know, leading the proctor our way to try to, um, you know, hmm. lead us into a trap. Uh, you might want to set up, if you have multiple people in on it, like all of us can win. If we have multiple okay. people in on it, like making distractions for the, for the proctor, and I just thought of it as one of those games, sort of like uh, if you've ever played Cosmic Encounter, um, or if mm -hmm. you've seen it, it, it's the kind of thing where there's a lot of people that are making little side deals, and you want to be on the same you know side as this person. We're gonna we're all gonna win together. And I was trying to think of that in in a one versus many, or a game where the proctor's simply the AI and it's cooperative. Um, but it's, I, I think that's a mm. little little stiffer. Uh, have you played uh, Dead Last? I haven't. No, I've seen it though. So, so Dead Last is a very polarizing game in my experience, where um, you want to be in the majority of a group that is trying to take out one single person. Um, so each round, one or more people can get eliminated, 
and you are secretly flashing a card to another person or you are texting um, something to other players. Oh, nice. And it can get very... It feels personal when you are not in on something that you thought you were, <laughs> where everyone everyone flips over a card and it reveals it's you when you had no idea. That's neat. And so some some people do not like that. Um, so I, I wonder how negotiation, a me- mechanism that is very, very de- divisive when uh, you put it in context like uh, diplomacy. Exactly. Uh, man, that yeah. would be interesting. Yeah, I was, I was thinking of just where, where trading and negotiation and sharing of information is just simply not allowed per this proctor's rules. But when they're back to, to you know, you, that's when it all comes out, when, when, when they're not looking and things like that. That was as far as I got on mine, except for I have one other thing. My wife is a teacher. I said to her, tell me about this proctoring because I know you do it and... Same thing. She says it's the most, all she said is the most boring thing in the world. And (laughs) from a game perspective, I would never want to play a game with that. Uh, But she said it definitely is, is interesting thematically. And her, her like game thought was the magician with the balls in the cup. So, you know, you're, Mm. you're looking at them, you're spinning them around, you're trying to follow along. And she said, you have, you know, you have to be looking forward, but at the same time you have to be looking backwards and, you know, you just have to have eyes everywhere. So, I never went anywhere with the ball and cup idea, but I just wrote down ball and cup. Uh, We also played a game called Shifty Spies at my work, where you are literally winking at other players to try and send them signals, (laughs) and then looking at at specific spots on the table to give them information. Wow. And so, like in your your previous game, there are multiple winners when two people successfully exchange bits of information. So it's... There, there have been some things where you're trying to wink at a certain person where it's like your target, but it was interesting because it had a two-way communication. You had to wink at a person, and they had to look at a location. And then only you could declare that that mission is complete if you have that transaction happen just through the looking of the eyes. And so having more complicated mechanisms like trading and creating alliances and that kind of stuff yeah. is ambitious. And so, yeah, I guess you would have to, you would have to cut down on the senses of the proctor to kind of make it so that those deals could happen a little bit better. Yeah. And I, I even thought about like, is it like physical senses? Like they turn their back, like they look at the board state, they look at the game state, they turn around, they do their thing. Then they look back and they see that there's a little bit of memory in that, which is another divisive mechanic, Mm. but they see that something's changed. It leads them on to certain people. So now they're going to watch them a little bit, you know, a little bit closer. Uh, The same thing with, with sound. It's hard to block sound. It's easy to block vision. It's hard to block sound. Uh, without some sort of device, oh, yeah. device or some sound blocking headphones, uh, but then I thought there could be something where it's it's abstracted out and it's simply like in in card play and you know if if they're it's hard to set this is where I got it got messy. If my character has their back to you, I flip a card and it says my back's to you. Then you can do your thing. The problem is I can't separate my separate myself and the knowledge I'm going to gain while you're doing your thing from my character that's mm-hmm. flipped. So that's where I kind of it kind of fell apart as anything but this like real space, um, you know, blindfold, you know, yeah, headphone game. Uh, I mean, like yeah, like cheating, 
cheating in games is such a weird concept because you have to write rules that let you cheat. And then is it cheating at that point? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so ugh, it, ever, it just gets confusing real have you, quick. Have you ever heard of the game Cheating Moth? I have it written down in my notebook. Oh. I want to see a game of Cheating Moth in action. Have you played it? I have it. Me and my kids play uh, Cockroach Poker all the time. It's great with uh-huh. with families and kids, and uh, my kids are really good at it. So Cheating Moth was our, <laughs> our next game, and Cheating Moth is very different than Cockroach Poker. In Cheating Moth, you're basically trying to run out of cards, and during the game, uh, you can basically just hide them, you can ditch them, but you just can't get caught doing it. So, like, I'll wear a hat when I'm playing, and I'll just slip one up into my hat, and by the end of the game, I've got, like, six cards in my hat. Uh, <laughs> and, and really, you're just watching people, and you're it, they're encouraged to cheat. The rules are, you know, you, you know, you have to, you don't have to cheat to win. You can run out of cards really slowly, but if you cheat, you will win. Um, that's the only game that I've ever played where that's actually a thing, and it's weird. It's not one you can play all the time, because... You know, you'll you'll get on to people and you'll figure out their their special move. Right. Yeah. There's there's also a role in uh, Dragon's Gold that lets you take gems when you're not supposed to, and so like you have to warn players beforehand that like something like that is in the game, or else it gets it gets super weird because cheating is like one of the <laughs> biggest taboos that we have in like playing games, and then allowing that. Yeah, it has to like have the right environment in order for it to feel like it isn't. Yeah, it it has to feel like you're you're still taking the game seriously. Which yeah, is just kind of a weird like pairing. And then you look at games like I mentioned, Cosmic Encounter, where it's not cheating, but every special role breaks the rules of the game. So you know mm-hmm. your your cards are always positive numbers, and then there's the uh, antimatter and all their numbers are changed to negative. So it's not technically cheating, but it, it's 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 cheating the the rules that were created. To, to it has a very simple base game, and then every little every special ro- role breaks that and changes it. So I had one other thought on on cheating in general, and it was a physical way to do it. And it was that if you have a stack of cards, it's not always possible from people's perspective to tell if you have one card or more than one card or how many cards there are. So if if I was holding a, a small stack in a position towards you, you might not be able to tell if it was more than one. And I was I was mm-hmm. thinking of that, and it's, it's very much based on the, the perspective of the player, but I was trying to figure out something along those lines where, you know, having more or less cards means something. And maybe it was that teacher, the, the proctor is turned around. We all had, we all started with three cards. And when they turn back around, they kind of give a quick look and, I might have more than three, but if I hold them in a certain way, you know, it wasn't the cheating moth where I could stick them in my hat, but, uh, it's kind of like that thing in, um, some of the games that have coins that have the same backs. So you have your stack of coins, but you don't know how many there are. Um, Mm -hmm. that was a, was a thought where I might have the same amount of cards, but I definitely don't have a stack of ones. Like I had before I'm holding like all these tens and we shifted them Mm -hmm. around another, you know, that could be something where like, we're trying to, uh, get all the money to one person and that one person like cashes out and then we win. Um, but on the surface, they all look like the same coins because the backs are all the same. Oh man. Just, just saying that just makes me think of, uh, 
Schattenspiel, the the candle game that we were talking about. Ah, uh, I don't know um, anything about where, it except for the picture you sent me. Yeah, so there's there's a candle that patrols the board, and you're trying to move all of your gnomes uh, into one specific location. You're trying to gather them into behind one tree, and so like that is basically it. It's already been designed, Jason. We don't have to do anything. <laughs> we can play there's, these games. There's already that's a game good. that's perfect. That's amazing. That game that hits all the marks for me. That has everything that I want in a like a weird game that's just perfectly designed for me. So I have to play it. It's so goofy. I love <laughs> it. I, I I am very excited for the reprint. So yeah, I forget what it's called. Like something in the shadows or something. It's great. I should know this. But yeah, I'm. I'm surprised that we kind of focus more on the cheater rather than the watcher. I, you know what? But, At one point when I was writing my notes, I that crossed my mind that I inverted it a little bit. But the watcher is the, it's like the catalyst for it. So yeah, yeah. And like we said, like being the proctor yourself is the most boring part. Yeah, who Cheating wants to be the proctor? Fun. Yeah. Cool. Well, that was fun. I think that worked. Yeah. I think we got somewhere. I'd play one of those games at least. <laughs> All right, cool. Well, this is great. And this is officially our longest episode. And I'm okay with these being long because, you know, it's it's more discussion than simply just reading my notes and, you know, all that. Sounds good to me. All right. So we'll do this again next week. And if you have anything to chime in for Invigilate, you know, Twitter, Board Game Geek, wherever, uh, you can find me, you can find Rob. You can, you know, just share it. Please do. (laughs) See you next week. Cool. See you then.